Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on September 23, 2018 by guest preacher Pastor Andrew Ewings on the basis of Mark 8, verses 27 through 35. Picture this, a perfect world. Most people probably would Im imagine things like peace among the nations, among the races. Many people might imagine sickness and death being gone. But could you picture a world that's perfect only for Christians? What would that look like? Maybe some of us could imagine that. And we might be tempted to think if God were a little bit better to his people, that the whole world would rapidly convert to follow him. After all, everything would be perfect for them and no one else. But that's not the world we see. That's not the way we see things. Sure, we live in a world where sometimes things go very well, but we also live in a world filled with suffering. And I don't want to deny one or the other. The world is not always good, and not everything is as it should be. We see broken marriages. We see children buried by their parents and a lot of other terrible grievances. And we may wish that in some way God was easy on his Christians, on his believers, that this was better for them than other people, but the reality is it's not. We see Christians suffer every bit as much as everyone else, and we might start to wonder, with, with all the suffering that we endure, what benefit do we gain from following Christ? And that's the question we want to answer here today. Why follow Christ? God's word has the answers for us today. Jesus was in his last year of teaching his disciples, and, and he wanted to make sure they knew a couple things, who he was and what he came to do. So he sprang on them a sort of pop quiz as their teacher. It's a simple quiz, two questions. Question one. Who do people think I am? The disciples knew the answer. They heard what people were saying. Some said John the Baptist, others Elijah, or one of the prophets. And to be sure, that's what people thought. Some people were saying Jesus was John the Baptist raised from the dead. Others thought he was the prophet Elijah returned as, as the prophet Malachi had predicted. And there were even others who thought he was a good man in the tradition of the prophets. And really, if we stop to think, don't people say the same things about Jesus in our day? No, I'm not claiming anyone says Jesus was John the Baptist or starting a conspiracy theory about how Jesus equals Elijah. But people do say he was a man, a prophet. And it seems like every year, if not even more often nowadays, someone churns out a search for the historical Jesus. Inevitably, the result they come to, whom, no matter who they interview, is that the Jesus we see in Scripture is somehow different from the so-called real Jesus. They interview scholars and experts who give a variety of opinions. Some say Jesus was merely myth. Others say he was a political figure. And others say he was a good man, maybe even a prophet who spoke from God, a teacher. 
there's one thing they all have in common. Some of them deny he was a person, but they all deny that he was God. They say he, if he even was, he was a man. And with scholars split about who or even if Jesus was, why follow Christ? And that's where we need to remember Jesus gave the disciples a two-question quiz, and the second question is the important one. What about you, he says? Who do you say I am? Peter answers not just for the 12 disciples with Jesus, but for all Christians of all time when he says, You are the Messiah. You are the Christ. Those words mean the anointed one. He is saying, you are the one the scriptures always pointed to. In other words, he says, you are true God and true man. 100% and 100%, not 50-50, not dividing or mixing the two. You are God and man, the Savior. Well, why do we follow Christ? It's in Peter's answer. Because of who he is. He is God, taking on human flesh, sharing in our humanity, in our weakness. And the hopes of all God's people ride on this person, Jesus the Christ. So what does he do with our hopes? What, what did the Christ come to do? In our text, we read an unusual passage. Jesus warns his disciples not to tell anyone about who he is. And it's not because he's ashamed or afraid of what people will do. It's not because the disciples are wrong. They certainly were right. But Jesus had a very particular mission that needed to be completed at a particular time. That mission was this. It's in that little word, must. The Son of Man must, must suffer, must be rejected, must be killed. Yes, and also must be raised again. But that maybe makes us stop and pause for a minute. Time out. If God, God himself, has to suffer, why are we following him? Is he too weak to stop it? Or is he not good that he's not able to take away our suffering in some way? And that's exactly what the devil would have you believe. That's what Peter saw. Here Peter was staring at the end of human suffering in the flesh. And he would have nothing of this talk about suffering or dying. Peter had always dreamed, always hoped of a more perfect world where Jesus came to restore the kingdom to God's people, where he removed oppression from the face of the earth. And now Jesus is talking about being killed? About suffering? That can't be right. And so Peter took Jesus aside and took him to task for talking nonsense. But in that voice of Peter, we hear a voice that still speaks to us today, 
a voice that says, imagine what the world could be if God were really good. Wouldn't he make life so much better? We see all these problems in the world, and is he powerless to help us? People suffer. People die. People hurt. People get sick. And where is he? What is God doing in all this? Which opens the bag, opens the question, where is God really? Where is God when I'm suffering? Where is God when I do everything right according to what he says and I suffer while godless people advance for doing exactly the opposite? Where is God when I am at the grave of my loved one? Where is God when the doctor says the cancer's returned and you're not going to make it? Where is God when I lose everything? Where is God when I'm struggling to make ends meet? Where is God when I do what's right? Is he unable to fix it? God has got to make it right. Why isn't he doing something? And I'll be the first one to admit, it's a lot easier for me to follow the advice of Andrew than it is to follow the teachings of Christ. But you know that voice that speaks to us and says, imagine what the world could be? It spoke to Jesus too. Oh, Jesus, the devil says, stay here a little bit longer. Preach and teach, and all these people will know what a great guy you are, Jesus. Or even better yet, Jesus, set up a kingdom on earth. It'll be glorious. All nations will come and bow down before you. But Jesus knew that kingdom couldn't be. It's not a kingdom of this world. Well, why follow Jesus? <laughs> because he can resist that temptation of the devil, the temptation to a more glorious kingdom. He can resist it even though sometimes we don't. Why follow Jesus? Because of what he does. He came to fulfill what the scriptures said. The Son of Man must. Why? Because that's what God said would happen. Because that was God's will. In eternity, God planned to rescue the world, not by taking away all of our suffering, but by taking on that suffering himself. And he did it in, in the most extraordinary of ways. Jesus came to the world and took on the sins of the world. He carried my cross, took our punishment, suffered our hell. Suffered it on the cross, not so that we could feel sorry, oh poor Jesus, but so that you would know when you are suffering, God loves you. He bore that cross like only God can, and yet he showed his humanity by suffering. On the day it came for him to carry the cross, he couldn't even pick it up. 
Someone else had to carry it for him so that he could die to save you and me and Simon Peter and Simon of Cyrene too. Why follow Christ? Because he's the only one who saves. But we don't live in a world that sees his promises fulfilled yet, do we? If Jesus came to take away human suffering, why do we still put up with such terrible sins as child abuse? If Jesus came to put an end to human death by dying himself, why do we still have to bury grandma and grandpa and mom and dad? The world isn't everything he promised it will be. So why follow Christ? Well, his answer is this. If anyone would come after me, let them deny themselves. And if he left it there, that alone would be too hard. To deny myself the ideas that I have, my preconceived notion of what God should do. All those things that fly in the face of God and try to say he's not doing things right. I need to deny those and submit myself to the God who says, sometimes you're going to suffer. But he adds to it. It doesn't end there. He says, then let them take up their cross and follow me. And perhaps at times your soul groans. Why, God? Now not just suffering, but suffering for Jesus and for his gospel, as though we didn't have enough suffering already. Well, not everything is suffering, and I don't mean to paint a picture like we live in a world that's all terrible. But when it is, for those times when your cross is too heavy, when you can't pick it up, consider Christ. He carried the heaviest cross of all. It's an actual wooden cross, but it's also the suffering of bearing the sins of the world. On that cross, he was rejected not just by the leaders of men, but by his father. He was abandoned by all people so that God would never reject or abandon you. He never will. You are his dearly beloved child because of what Jesus did. And he doesn't leave you alone. Instead, he comes to you. For some of us here, he may have come to us the first time in the waters of baptism, where he pledged that you are united to the death of Christ and will certainly also be united to his resurrection, both in this life and in the life to come. He comes to us in bread and wine, where he offers us the forgiveness of sins and the strength we need to continue our life. He comes to us in the pages of an ancient book, the written record of his love for you. Instead of why follow Christ, really, in light of everything Christ does for us, Shouldn't we be asking why we don't want to suffer? 
Shouldn't we rejoice that we can suffer for bearing his name? Christian, a follower of Christ. Shouldn't we thank God that in this small way, our lives become like the life of God's own Son? So thank God when you suffer for doing nothing wrong. Give God glory. When people call you a fool and persecute you for believing in the words of an outdated book. And when life is going good, thank God too. Sometimes he gives us good things and and a relief from this world of sorrow. But also know this. For those who believe in God, this world is the worst you'll ever see. It will never go down from here. He will never leave you, and he will make things right. He knows your suffering, and he's there with you. In a world where we could imagine things going so much better, why follow Christ? Because of what he promises. He offers something no one else can. Yes, sometimes in this life, we will suffer. But he promises one day we will trade in our cross of suffering for a crown of glory that will never go away. And he's not going to leave you alone until you get there either. Why follow Christ? Because of who he is. God, become man, our brother. Because of what he does, suffers and dies to take away the sins of the whole world and rose again to guarantee your story, like his, will not end in death. Because of what he makes you to be. Christian, take up your cross and follow Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.